1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up
2: now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW,
3: prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
4: It's Freddie Prinz Jr. and Jeff died back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff.
2: Numbers
6: told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on Visa.
1: Good Thursday morning to you. It is a numbers game at Visa. the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. All proudly brought to you by BetMGM, Gil Alexander, and, of course, Kelly Bidlin, everybody. Producer number nine, so much more than a producer. What's happening?
7: Not much, man.
1: How you doing? I'm great. I'm outstanding. You know why I am outstanding today? The, the return of the crack man, Bill Krakenberger. That's uns- right. Unscripted with the crack man. Now, we're, we're always unscripted, except for this time, he does want to talk one segment about the passing of uh, the greatest coin flipper there ever was. So we do have something planned. Bill's going to talk about that, okay. gentlemen. Um, yes, a guy who could. The like actual
7: coin flipping? A
1: guy who could.
7: Like the Last Dance documentary?
1: No, I don't mean that kind of coin flipping. Like he could heads oh, or tails in you air. into a fortune. Apparently. Okay. I think that's what he meant. Well, we'll find out crack man coming up
7: Uh,
1: and then, and then by popular demand, Jason Weingarten from under a cloud of smoke to talk uh, major league baseball with us. He's been writing extensively at Vston.com as well. He has very big thoughts on the uh, major league baseball MVP race, who you should be betting on, who you should not be betting on. He also extends it into a uh, rookie of the year bet as well. Uh, in the National League, he's got thoughts. And I think he has a uh, WBC, World Baseball Classic, not World uh, Boxing Council, but World Baseball Classic thought as well. Not as sexy as the other two uh, subjects, but Jason will join us. And uh, Doctor Bob to talk college basketball. You got you got conference fever yet, Kelly? I don't really see a fever on you yet, and it's kind of troubling me. I want a fever.
7: <laughs> no, not, not yet. Not, <laughs> not yet. yet. Right. Hey, over the past few weeks, I've been watching a whole lot more than usual. But yeah, yes. the fever. You're right. I'm not at. I'm not at fever pitch,
1: Kelly. You're not a college basketball guy. First, you are an NBA guy, which will we should get to right here. Which is the debut of Kevin Durant for the Phoenix Suns last night. Uh, the Suns. Beat down the Charlotte Hornets. And yes, let's just caveat it at the beginning. Let's preface it by saying, yes, it was the Hornets, and it was the Hornets without LaMelo ball. Nonetheless, the Suns 105 to 91. They cover the 10 and a half point spread on the road. And KD in his debut, 10 of 15 from the field in 23, excuse me, 23 points on 10 of 15 shooting for the field in 26 very efficient minutes, two of four from behind the arc. And Tim Legler did a great job of this last night as well on uh, SportsCenter. But you just think about this starting lineup. And again, yes, it was the Hornets. We're not going to go crazy. But as far as one game is concerned, one game in, I mean, what a starting lineup, right? Chris Paul, the the quintessential point guard. Then you have a two in Devin Booker who can uh, play point if you need him to, but can fill it up 30 or more on any given night. He was the lead scorer for the Suns last night with 37. Then, of course, there's KD, one of the greatest players of all time who can score at will at 6'11", from any distance. Uh, And then you throw in DeAndre Ayton as the big man who can uh, give you a a big night every once in a while as well. And then in Josh Kogi, Kogi, you have a a sort of defender that you can rely on to take away the opposing team's best player, if that's necessary. The issue becomes beyond the starting five. But man, that is a beautiful starting five, for sure.
7: Yeah, you would expect, uh, you know, Torrey Craig, T.J. Warren, Cameron Payne. They're they'll be quality players off the bench for them, um, but they're going to have to be big. I mean, Okogie, Craig, Warren, Payne, uh, Damian Lee. Even those guys are going to have to be. They're going to have to be big for this team. It's you are right with those. I mean, those four guys they've got Durant, Aiton, Paul Booker. It's amazing. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm not handing, I'm not handing them the trophy yet, the Larry O'Brien you, Trophy. You know yet, I'm not because that depth is still an issue. I yeah, think. and and you
1: know, look, you lineups do shrink during the postseason. You don't go as deep on the bench, and it's not like they're back to backs in the postseason either, generally. Uh, besides maybe the very first series at the beginning, but typically there aren't. And so you know, they have that going for them as well, moving into the postseason. And you have a well rested Kevin Durant now, if if. They're in a the best-of-seven against a uh, deep Warriors team, and the Warriors are, uh, and I'm not just, I'm just taking the Warriors as one of these teams, but or against a Nuggets team or a clip show. Do you still like the Suns? The Suns will be favored in all of those series, won't they? They'll be favored against everybody.
7: Yes, they will be. They will be. Um, Look, like the, the West is tough right now. I think that the the Western Conference odds right now are, are pretty actually pretty accurate. It, I think it's, it's very wide open, but if I had to power-rank the West like right now, It would be Suns and then Nuggets. Um, I think the Nuggets are deservedly in second place. Then after that is when it really gets mercy.
1: Well, my question would be, if you're a Grizzlies person right now with a Grizzlies ticket or a Grizzlies fan, wouldn't the response to you be, are you serious? You think the Grizzlies ought to have the same odds as the Warriors and the Mavericks?
7: I mean, the the disrespect by the market for the Grizzlies and the Kings is kind of incredible.
1: The Kings especially. (laughs)
7: Like the Kings especially.
1: We've been saying it all week. Get in those Kings uh, Pacific Division bets, though. Plus money while you can get
7: them. You know, the thing, the one thing I want to say about the Grizzlies, quick, because we were talking about this yesterday with Drew, and Drew, Drew's very high on him, and, yep. and I respect that. It's I, I really don't have anything anything against the Kings, Gil. It's just one of those, they've always been a team that, like the Suns, I don't know that they're deep enough. And then. OK, unlike the Suns, they're an extremely immature team on and off the court, seemingly. And it's it's that's the I, I just think when this team grows up a little bit more like a year from now, two years from now, every year they're going to get more and more dangerous. So I'm just not there yet on them. I I think they could absolutely be a a beast in this Western Conference this year and maybe even pull it off. It wouldn't shock me if they did by any means. Um, but you got them. Then you got the Mavericks, who I don't trust at all. I, tr- I trust the Grizzlies more than the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. I do too. Um, and then the Warriors and Clippers are I don't, there's some question marks right now. I mean, the Warriors, we don't know Steph's going to come back here. It sounds like in about a week. Um, see how they look when they're all together. And then the Clippers, I don't know, man. You got to show me something. You got to show me something for a little bit more extended period of time than what we've seen this year out of them.
1: Yeah, well, that's. I mean, you know. You can't have absences as a rule and then all of a sudden show up and expect it to gel. Right. Uh, Bucks win their uh, 17th straight, was it, last night? We're losing count. 17 yep. in a row. How about the Knicks? you have anything to say about the Knicks who have now, uh, what is that, 7 in a row for the Knicks or is that 8 in a row?
7: Yeah, I'm starting to believe that uh, – so the problem is the Knicks is another team that I've never been that that high on. I will say that Jalen Brunson is one of the guys I've I've been probably more wrong on over the past Me couple of years than anybody.
1: Me too. Um,
7: that's what I'm wholly readily ad- to admit. I Look, I thought I, w- I was in the Mavericks camp of, look, this guy's good. He's going to get paid. We're not going to overpay him to stay here, though. And I thought they made the right move when they did. Right now, I'm not really sure that they did make the right move. I don't, I don't they think they should have kept him. I don't think they would have had to have dealt with, dealt with all this Kyrie stuff, and the team might be just as well off now, or even better than where they're at. Um, the Knicks have been playing incredible basketball, they're, and Mitchell Robinson, when he's in that lineup down low, makes a makes a massive, massive difference on the defensive side of the ball for them. He's uh, he, they've just got to they've got to stay healthy. They'll make some noise in the East, but you know how what I think yep. about the East.
1: Sixteen in a row for the Bucks, seven in a row for the Knicks. If you're scoring at home, uh, as you brought up Drew Dentic yesterday. Drew uh, had a good call on the Pelicans. I believe it was. I'm not yep. sure if he had more than the Pelicans pick, but he did have a, a good call on the Pelicans. Uh, Tim Mur- uh, Tim Murray, not Tim Murray. Uh, Will Hill came on yesterday. He had Ohio State and TCU. Ohio State uh, and TCU on the money line. Both of those got home. And then there was the tennis pick yesterday, which I don't know if you followed it, Kelly, at all, but we had uh, Katie Volodets yeah, <laughs> at a uh, plus 246 here on the show. It uh, the uh, first ever ladies uh, tennis tournament in Austin, Texas, and she had the first set on her racket up a break against Anastasia Potapova of Russia, and she gacked to the first set. She came back and she crushed in the second set to go up you know, to win that six to two to force a third set. And she was getting rolled in the third set. Rolled to the tune of five love. So you're thinking, well, it's over. We had our chance in the first set. Should have won this in straights. Man, this sucks. She wins seven straight games as (laughs) Potapova just loses it mentally. Rackets flying at the end. And Katie Volonets with our second dog winner of the week. This one, a very large dog at plus 246 gets home. And now for those who are like, oh, that's so lucky. Okay, yeah, you can say that. But do you also remember that in February, we had a plus, north of plus $2 play on Lesia Tsarenko against Bianca Andreescu. Lesia Tsarenko was up 4 love in the final set, and Bianca Andreescu took her toys and went home, so we didn't get paid. We also had a Shelby Rogers dog, where she was up big uh, in the uh, in the closing set as a uh, shorter dog, but a dog nonetheless as well, uh, in her match against, and I'm going to get this uh, wrong, but the... the uh, the February fourth one was Serebrov. Shelby Rogers was on the uh, the eighth of February, I believe, and yeah, that was that was another one where she was a dog, and then her opponent just took her rackets and went home. So, do we apologize for that win yesterday? Hell, no, we do not.
7: It's one of the it's one of those just the the sports betters out there. Like, yes, guess what? Like, like rough rough losses occur, and lucky ass wins occur. Shoot, I was on the I was on the Cavs last night. That was a lucky ass win. And these are the things that you gotta remember mm-hmm. when you yeah, when it swings the other way, because it's gonna swing the other way. If you're getting if you if you feel like you're getting bad beat after bad beat, guess what? It's gonna swing the other way. And keep those in mind when you get lucky on one, because like you are right now, because you know it's gonna swing back yeah. the other way at some point. Yeah.
1: Even though walking off the court ain't the same thing as coming back from five love, I should also point that out. Yeah. <laughs> um all right, so we have a tennis pick today. We do. And it's another dog. This time, it is on the men's side. And uh, we're going to go to clay. How about that? We leave the hard court surfaces. We Ooh. go to clay. Uh, Tomas Martin Echeverry. Tomas Martin Echeveri is plus 127 against the guy that we've backed many times before in Francisco Cerundolo. Uh, Martin Tomas Martin Echeverry's clay court numbers are spectacular of late. Cerundolo is the better known player. But uh, Etcheverry's numbers are really, really good against really quality opponents of late. He's beaten Fabio Fanini, who's, who's definitely on the, uh, the downside of his career, but yet uh, not some scrub that he beat. Uh, took down Albert ramos Vignoles, um, or played him anyway as part of the, uh, the data. Also, Carbaya Bayena, Delian, Nori, he took the three sets. Anyway, don't need to get into the tennis weeds, but those are all good players and he's got great numbers. I have Echeverry as a slight favorite. Per my numbers, plus 127. Tomas Martin Echeverry, your tennis play of the day. Dr. Bob, college hoops next. Numbers gave Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring Chumba. Chumbacasino.com.
4: No purchase necessary. Full by law. 18 plus. Terms and
0: conditions apply. See website for details.
4: Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye.
6: numbers game on v the Sports Betting Network.
1: It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued you ID to open an account. And start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style. You're going to love BetMGM, state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM. T- terms and conditions, must be 21 or older. Physically located in Nevada, please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. A couple great games, well, more than a couple great games last night in college basketball. But big ones, we mentioned TCU. Got by Texas, 75 to 73, held on uh, to win that one. And number two, Alabama racing a 17-point deficit against Bruce Pearl's Auburn Tigers. They win it in overtime. 90 to 85, they win the SEC regular season title. And of course, we are uh, not quite in full swing of college basketball conference tournaments, but uh, in addition to the Atlantic Sun, Horizon, Patriot League, Sun Belt, Big South, Northeast, and Ohio Valley already. Uh, tipping off, or I should say the Missouri Valley and West Coast Conference will tip off tonight in addition to those other ones. Still more small conferences come the rest of the week, and then the big boys next week begin. Uh, what a great time of year to have Dr. Bob in. Bob Stoll at drbobsports on Twitter, drbobsports.com. How you doing, Bob?
2: Doing good, uh, Gil, on a on a nice roll in college basketball Been uh, been a great season so far.
1: You really are. So 513, 404, and 12. 513 wins, 404 losses, 12 ties. Is this all of your plays since the beginning of the year?
2: Beginning of the year. Yeah. And actually, I started the year 43 and 52. I kind of had a bad start. And since then, it's been 57% plus winners since uh, mid November. And you you get plays every day. You're on. I, I, I have you on my list, and yep. as you know, the last uh, what three or four days, twenty and five since Sunday. So it's gotten. It, you know, when you think it's going to. I can't remember the last losing week. I think it was maybe ten weeks ago. Was the last time I had a losing week. It's been has been a really great season. The models working great, and you know, in the conference tournaments, I mostly just go with the model, the matchup model, which I which I uh, which started three years ago, and. It's, had great results every year despite some bad luck on close games. But in the conference tournaments, as you know, I add in some situational factors, and the conference tournaments have always been the best time of year for me. So, yeah, so I, I, guess that's why, I guess that's why I'm on today. You know? That's
1: exactly why you're on, because those who have listened to this show long, they know that you and I go way back. Uh, RIP oshatai on Union Street in San Francisco. That's gotcha. four out of 44. Um, listen, this has always been your time of year. Uh, conference tournaments, you know, you're, you're great all the time, but this specifically, and you were just alluding to it as to why, why might that be? What are the factors that you believe, or not only believe, but know that contribute to your success exactly at conference tournament time?
2: You know, the thing is, I I don't really do a lot of handicapping based on, you know, I, I take a look at situational patterns, especially in the NFL. Those still have some weight, not as much as they used to in the old days, but they still have weight in the NFL um college a little bit and college football, I still look at those, but most of that's just all math model. And college basketball, all math model. I don't even there's so many I don't even bother looking at all the situational stuff and you know, trends and stuff in college basketball. It's just too much. And i am worked you know, spending so much time working on rotation adjustments and such, I just don't have time. But I know through the years the conference tournament angles that I discovered years ago and continue to work on continue to work. And they've worked for years. I do incorporate those in, in the uh, handicapping for the conference tournaments, and it's just something about the conference tournaments, about the finality of it for most teams, um, that makes things a little more predictable, and not necessarily in the ways you would think. And I'll, I'll, I can start by, you know, sort of discussing something that I hear a lot of people talk about every year. And this is not necessarily something I always, you know, that I plan automatically, but it's more of a cautionary thing. People always say, well, it's really tough to beat a team three times in a row in a season. Well, it's actually not. <laughs> um, teams with double revenge in the conference tournaments are just 48% against the spread. And that's thousands of games going back many, many years. Um, and it's only 45% against the spread for double revenge teams if uh, the opponent had at least three days off to prepare, um, which is, which is most of the time, because the usually the uh, the higher seed has has some rest, um, and the higher seed usually the team that beat the other team twice. So it's 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 not that I play on on every team that has beaten a team twice. I would just say if your if your reason for betting a team is oh they it's double revenge. No, because that will lose you money. So that's more of a cautionary tale. There are some situations that I do play on the team that's that's one, you know, beat the other team twice. But most of the time, I you know, I just kind of stay away from those teams yeah. that have double events because they're, they're just negative. In general, they're just not good bets, and people think they are. So more of a cautionary thing. That well, let
1: me, let me just interject, too, because for those who are, you know, new to the show or whatever, so... A lot of times you will hear, and I will say this myself. I'll be like, "Well, you know, I'm not really a trends guy, um, but I'm also I also say, uh, but I'm not one of these people that believes a hundred percent of trends are meaningless." And so, when Bob comes on here and says he has a thousand games plus of a database to support what he calls the technical now, so he has the math model on the one hand, and then to support what you call technical analysis are sort of what we know as, as colloquially as trends there are trends that do make sense. We talked about your preseason NFL one when it used to be a four-week four, four week preseason, how week two you could rely on a certain trend you know, massively. Uh, that has gone away now. That has gone to three weeks of preseason. But conference tournaments provide that kind of moment where you do rely on that. So I guess what I'm saying, to double up on what you're saying, is when anybody tells you 100% of anything, oh, trends are nonsense, well, not 100% of the time they're not.
2: Right. And the thing is, People, I've heard that, oh, trends are, that's just all hocus-pocus. You know what? I track everything I do that goes into my handicapping. And when I was, you know, in college football, I still do the situational now, still look at the trends for every game, and I put a rating on it. Five is the strongest you can get. A five rating is the strongest you can get as far as the situation. Four, three, two, et cetera. And over the years, I track them, how good do 5s do, how good do 4s do, how good have 3s done, et cetera. 4s and 5s are still profitable in football, not crazy. The 4s and 5s in the conference tournaments are 58% going back 20-plus years since I've been tracking these things. And I write down the rating before the game. It's not after the fact or backfitting. I've been doing this a long time, and those 4s and 5s you know, that in the conference tournaments really strong and so far this year. Um, let's see, Southeast Missouri State yesterday was a 5, and um, Detroit a couple nights ago was a 4, went 3-0 and oh on Tuesday. And as you know, I've been basically winning everything the last few days. Um, so, but so, these things do work. So I'm going to give a couple trends that I think, and I'm going to give some reasons behind why I think there's some, some value here. So if we, you want to start with uh, one that is a favorite of fans of yours is the bad team's angle. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So this is basically teams that are really terrible in conference play. Teams that have a win percentage in conference of less than one hundred and fifty. So these are usually just the last place teams that are really, really bad. There tends to be a little bit of, okay, that season sucks. We got new life, and it's sort of instead of giving up like a lot of these teams do, sort of in the second half of the season, they sort of re- you know get this renewed enthusiasm, and plus. The team that's facing the team that's 1 in 17 in conference or whatever it may be is probably looking ahead to their next opponent in the next round. They're not paying as much attention to the team that's terrible. So, teams with a conference win percentage of less than 150 are 146, 95, and 3 against the spread in conference tournament games. That's 60% blind. There's a subset that's even better. If the opponent is not a good team either, they maybe don't take that team as lightly. But if the opponent has a conference win percentage of greater than 400, then it gets even better. It's 120 and 71 against the spread. One other thing, if the bad team has a losing spread record on the season, so they've they've underperformed expectations and they've been terrible, those are even better. Those are 102 and 53 against the spread, which is a nice 66%. Now, that's not going to win. 66% 66% going forward, that's probably going to be in the range of 53.5%, 54% going forward. Although, a couple years ago, I was on the show and they were 7-0. and And yesterday, it was Presbyterian and Long Island. They both covered. Tonight, it's Pepperdine and Evansville.
0: Let's go Except Pepperdine. I'm not,
2: yeah, I'm yeah. not betting either game, actually, because the model didn't show value or didn't really think the line was fair in either game. But Pepperdine and Evansville do qualify in that angle, but I'm not betting either, so I'll just put that
1: out there. Okay, That, but that's interesting stuff. Okay, so we have only 30 seconds. Is there something you did bet that you'd like to share in 30 seconds?
2: Yeah, I I, I bet Youngstown. This one qualifies on a lot of different things. Uh, Youngstown. I bet it at minus 8. It's up to minus 9. Some books sell minus 8 and Evans still get up to minus 9. So Youngstown stayed over Detroit. I actually played Detroit yesterday. Uh, or, or a couple of days ago when they played, uh, they were in a good situation. But now they 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 won that game big. But because they won that game big, and now they're playing a rested Youngstown team, and Youngstown's coming off a disappointing performance. There's a lot of things that go into making this a really good bet, um, tech situationally, and there's some value on Youngstown as well based on the map model. So Youngstown is my was my was the one
1: play I want to share. All right, Bob, love you, man. Let's uh, let's have you on multiple times here if we can in the coming weeks. All right, buddy. Good to talk to you. Dr. Bob, everybody, at drbobsports, drbobsports.com. Pioneer. You don't know, like it when I say that because it mean, this makes it sound old. Pioneer in predictive modeling. First
7: prefers legend.
1: He, pre- he said he prefers legend. <laughs> Jason Weingarten's a legend. He's next.
6: Numbers game on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: If you're looking for a betting edge on the NHL NBA or college basketball, the VCN experts have got you covered. Become a VCN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. VCN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VCN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VCN betting guides for the biggest games of the season, where experts break down brackets, best bets, and daily props. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VCN.com slash subscribe today to sign up for only $9.99. That's V-S-I-N dot com slash subscribe. Man, I love it when Dr. Bob comes on, Kelly. That's my dude. I love I love nerdy stuff. I'm all about it. Kelly's occupied. Otherwise, he would not uh, respond here. Uh, we get tweets at yeah, beating totally. the book. Yeah, totally. Whatever you said, Gil. <laughs> Whatever
7: you said, man. I totally oh, agree.
1: Oh, man. Uh, we get tweets at beating the book. Oh, Roxy. So, I was mentioning Roxy Roxbury. I reached out to Roxy, the legendary founder of Las Vegas Sports Consultants, best looking, best dressed man in any sports book, also best looking. Um, And it was like, hey, you come on for season wins. It's an annual tradition. He's like, no. And the reason that Roxy has stated is because. He has told me many times over the years he would keep betting MLB with me until he had a losing season with season wins. So he was three and two, he was four and two, seven and one, four and two on his season wins. The first four years he came on and did him. Last year he went two and three. And so Roxy's out.
7: And like, so, I feel like now you're just publicly peer pressure.
1: Well, no, because Wes, no, we he, he's responding. What Wes, <laughs> this is Wes on Twitter, the Wes method. He goes, Roxy, I have three kids to put through college. You have made me enough to put the oldest one through with the 18 and seven record the last four years. Years down the road, how will I explain to the other two why they didn't get to go to college? <laughs> <laughs> That's <a> great tweet. <laughs> Even Tom Brady has lost a couple of Super Bowls. It's a great one. We're just going to like peer pressure Roxy into coming on. Yeah. Uh, this is <laughs> so great. Uh, all the tweets about Volley nets yesterday. Volley nets. Thank you, everybody. I know she pronounces it Volley nets, but we like to call her Volinets. Elvis Toast Patterson, Van. Sounded like you had a great vacation. Glad you're back. I got to ask you, young Gilly. Any shot, you say the heck with it. And go to see the Bones Jones-Gane fight Saturday since it's in town. Uh, we will talk UFC tomorrow on the show. Yes, we will. The answer to that is no, but. I will be at the West Coast Conference tournament at the lovely Orleans Arena with Wishnev tonight. There you go, that's Root, a party. Rooting on Pepperdine, and there's so few people in the crowd that Wishnev will be heard.
7: <laughs> he might be picked up by the mics. You ever seen? Are, are you like me with UFC? Where like, okay, if I came to you tomorrow, I was like Gil. Yes. I got these tickets. Like they are, you know. I'm trying because like I don't know if UFC. You really want to be right at the front, right? Because then you get all the too media, much bloodshed. Yeah, exactly. Like right. but we've got the perfect seats. <laughs> yes. you want to go. Yeah, I would go. You would go, right? Yes. I mean, I'm the same way. Otherwise, yeah. like, man. Nah, I'm not playing nah, at all. Nah.
1: Yeah. By the way, have you ever been to a basketball game at the Orleans or anything at the Orleans?
7: Um, yeah. I've been to the Orleans. I've not been to a basketball game. Oh, okay. It, but to- does it, does, is it like the, the rest of the casino?
1: It's, it's hilarious because the Orleans is
7: known for two things.
1: Like, Small conference basketball tournaments, at least in my mind. It's and
7: hypodermic needles. That
1: as well. <laughs> Throw that in the mix. And the other thing is like ridiculous 90s or aughts R&B concerts, like freestyle explosion with you know Blackstreet or whoever. Love that place. Anyway, Jason Weingarten knows all about that. From under a cloud of smoke, ladies and gentlemen, writing extensively for vcin.com. As the baseball season approaches, we are thrilled to have him on. How you doing, Jason? Do we have Jason? Yeah. Good morning. How's it going? There Gil? you go. There you go. He unmuted. He's smart. How you doing, man? Good to good to hear you. Listen, before we get into some of your uh, your thoughts, some trouble. We we hear you okay. You, you okay? You all right? All right. We got you, uh, Jason. What about these rule changes? Do they? Be, oh, we don't even have Jason. We're,
7: we're going to call back. We're going to call back.
1: Okay. We, we have a, right, a sketchy we'll connection. Sketchy. Sketchy. Sketch. sketch, sketch. Should I read more tweets? Because I have more tweets to read. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Everybody wants to hear Jason. It's just a tease right there. Uh, Chris Housh, at this time of year when the madness starts, gambling Twitter folks start listening to the gospel of a numbers game even more. Get you some of that good, good, VEASAN live with Gil. Winning matters. Am I right? Thank you, Chris Housh. Uh, Jason tweeting, going to be live on a numbers game with Gil for the next 30 minutes. Rumor is that we're going to talk about baseball. If we can get the connection correct. Uh... Mike Rouse, can we confirm the number that Dr. Bob likes Youngstown State? What was the number he said? Do you know?
7: I don't. I don't know that he said one. It, it, it is nine, I think, is what I saw. He wouldn't. Uh, he
1: wouldn't say it if it wasn't available currently. So I think he's okay. to Two number.
7: Yeah, good point.
1: Good. Let point. me see if I can.
7: Uh, yeah, because usually, usually he's pretty specific about that when we've done college yes. football, NFL with him.
1: Do 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 do. Let me see if I can clarify. Well, I can't go back and listen while we're waiting for Jason. Um, by the way, the other thing in the NBA last night that we did not mention, well, let, let me talk about because we're going to talk about obviously the Celtics win uh, yesterday. I wanted to mention, uh, even though uh, they didn't cover in the end, uh, they were up 113 to 98 with 225 left. They went 117 to 113, not covering, but 41 for Tatum, 44 for Spider Mitchell, uh, for the Cavs.
7: Yes, yeah, so like that. Back to your tennis thing. I had a Cavs ticket last yeah. night. That cashes. Like I'm not talking. I'm not talking anything about that. I was lucky as hell. Are you kidding me? I don't even know how many threes they made down the stretch. Like they didn't. They didn't miss.
1: And here's the. Here was the thing with. Uh, you know, I'm getting into the uh, rule changes here with Jason. We'll start with this before we get into his numbers. But the early returns on Major League Baseball's decision to restrict shifts are promising. Runs and batting average were both up through the first wave of games. Compared to spring training a year ago, players were hitting 272 through February 28th with an average of 11.9 runs scored. That's up from a batting average of 259, 13 points lower and 10.6 runs, 1.3 runs lower through the same period in 2022. The uptick in offense does not appear to be affecting pace of play. Thanks in large part to the introduction of the pitch clock, the average game time through February 28th, two hours, 39 minutes. That's down from 301 over the same stretch last spring training. These are great developments yeah. for a sport that I love and used to love and bet profusely. And just It's not the same these days, but hopefully these changes make a difference. Jason Weingarten now rejoins us. How are you doing, Jason?
6: Hey, how you doing? Sorry about the video problem.
1: That's all right. Let me let me just ask you about this off the bat before we get to your MVP thoughts. Because uh, I've been floating this on air, which is, do you believe with all of this stuff? Because all of these things, uh, the shift limitations, the pitch clock especially, with 15 seconds when bases are empty, 20 seconds when runners are on, pitchers limited to two what they're calling two disengagements per plate appearance. So in other words the shift is going to create more singles that's the point of it right because the game has been too tired with home runs and walks and that's it so this is going to this is going to promote singles it's going to promote base runners it's going to promote stealing by the way i haven't mentioned the bases being bigger could be a bigger deal than we all think all of these is to generate more offense do you think jason that from a betting perspective either pre-flop or in-game, at least in the month of April, we might be able to exploit the totals market. Those numbers won't be high enough.
6: I think it'll be a much smaller window than anticipated. You know, I'm talking probably even less than a week or a couple days, mm-hmm. if, it, uh, if it really is a thing. But I, I do think, you know, the early observations have been that the rule changes have been made to you know like you said, encourage offense, encourage base runners, and that leads to more scoring and you know the 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 goal of the pitch clock isn't to give us less baseball it's to give us less not not baseball in between, you know so right. so we're still getting the same amount of baseball it's just we're we're killing the downtime in between. Which is great, you know. I'm I'm totally for speeding the game up. I think uh, Me too. might take a couple of weeks to get used to, but you know, it's, this is the right move for baseball.
1: It regardless. is. I'm just. I think it's a right move for a sport that used to be monster and that kids generally don't really care about except in regional pockets of this country these days. Uh, I think they have to make these moves. I think they're great. And from a betting standpoint. I think you're probably right about pre-flop. I think the window is going to be real small, but I do think there might be some in-game opportunities in a way that we might not that we might not anticipate uh, at this point. That might last a little longer. Before we get to MVP, can we talk about your thought on the World Baseball Classic? What's the only have you, have you made more than one bet? And if you if only one bet, what is the bet you have made?
6: Yeah, so far I'm only uh, only in on one future. For the uh, for the World Baseball Classic, and uh, mostly it's because I haven't seen any uh, any sort of prop markets or kind of future stuff, you know, to win the this pool or win that pool kind of stuff. Um, so my only bet so far is uh, Japan to win the tournament. I got three three to one. I know four to one was available earlier. Probably should have taken that four, but I wasn't really thinking about betting this. Two, three months out. So um, I'm happy with the three to one on Japan, and I can tell you more about why.
1: Well, tell us what. You got about a minute. What Why?
6: Um, they play their pool, their pool B. It's in Tokyo. Only uh, serious contender is uh, South Korea to challenge them. So they're likely something like minus 99999 to advance. If they advance to the quarterfinal, where they'll have Shohei Otani pitching, um, they're gonna play. They're gonna play that quarterfinal in Tokyo, most likely for Cuba. So uh, they have a pretty easy path to the uh, semifinals in Miami. So three to one, get them to the semifinal. Could worry about that if they make it to the final. Most likely against the U.S. team or the Dominican. I'm happy to have three to one
1: and a potential hedge. All right, World Baseball Classic. For those who don't know, uh, begins in five days. You going to any games in Miami, Jason?
6: I'm looking at it, hopefully, but I got to be in Vegas at the end of next week, so So, tough trip.
1: All right, hang out, Jason. We'll talk MVP. We'll talk NL Rookie of the Year on the other side. Jason Weingarten from Under Cloud Spoke at Spreadopedia, right here at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
6: Numbers game on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: Attention, BetMGM customers have a friend who loves sports as much as you do. Well, here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account. And click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, you'll both receive a $50 bonus. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. Skill Alexander. Just a couple clarifications. Dr. Bob said Youngstown State, good up to minus 9. Want to point that out. And yeah. uh, for that matter, my tennis, I was mentioning how I have uh, Echeverria as even a slight favorite. I got him at plus 127. Uh, play him all the way down to plus 110. Once you get below that, it kind of gets in that range where it's like, uh, whatever, it be a slight edge and it wouldn't be worth necessarily playing.
7: Yeah, I was just looking around. Looks like there's still eight and a halves available on Youngstown okay. you can grab. Yeah, up
1: to nine, you're good on Youngstown State. Jason Weingarten from Under Cloud of Smoke at Spread a PDF, contributor. contributor. Um, Jason, by the way, let me just say this. Let me uh, let me point out that uh, Michael Craig sent me a text the other day. He actually it was yesterday when he sent me the the uh, the text, and it was a ten year anniversary. The Sloan Sports Analytics Conference at MIT is going on this weekend. And he sent me a text and he said, 10 years ago, March 1st, 2013, we were all there. We were all at the, uh, the, the, we were all at one point. I don't know, were you at the Boston Celtics game with us? Did you go?
6: I was not. I was I was at the bar the next night.
1: The next night. So he he sent me a text. He goes, 10 years ago today, exactly, we hung out in a suite for the Celtics Warriors game. Rufus, Mad Dog, Zach, Train, Fang, Jeff Ma, JB, Scott Barola, Dan Fabricio, NBA guru. And then, of course, you were there as well we met Spanky there. It was it's just it's amazing that that's been 10 years, man. So, uh shout out to the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference. Uh double digit years now for that amazing conference that so many of us met each other at. Let's get to your uh that was, Yeah. That but, was fun. It was so much fun, man. So much fun. Josh was there as well. Um okay. NL rookie of the year. You have a very precise thought on this. Who you got?
6: Yep, yep. So, uh I love Jordan Walker, and, you know, everyone asks me a variation of who do you like this year, who's this year's Julio Rodriguez, Michael Harris, you know, who do you like, and I have to say, you know, year over year, it's hard to expect that you can find, you know, a 40 to 1, a 50 to 1, you know, shot year over year, because typically a book gets hit, and they just reduce the odds next year, so Jordan Walker is the guy I like. He's nine to one. He's about seven and a half to one. Some of the best numbers out there. Not exactly the same as Betty and Michael Harris, eighty-five to one or anything. But I love Jordan Walker. Have Have you seen him play yet this spring, Gil? I
1: have not. No, not yet.
6: He's kind of like a like six foot six. Kind of swings like Mike Stanton. You know, powerful exit velocity, hits home runs, real advanced plate discipline for a twenty year old. The only thing is he's, he's a third baseman, and Nolan Arenado's got third base locked up. So, you know, he's got to play some outfield and some DH. It does worry me a little bit that you're not going to bring up a rookie just to be a designated hitter, and you're going to kind of leave him in AAA for a month or two do the service time game. But I think he's up either way early enough in the season to be a serious, serious contender for the NL Rookie of the Year. And I I love everything about him.
1: That is the concern, though, what you're talking about, because it does matter, right? As we've seen, it does matter the length of time you get to play your rookie year.
6: Yes, but March, sorry, sorry, May, coming up in May is much different than coming up in July or August. You know, Wander Franco, for example, played 70 games, Adley Rutschman. I think he played about 90. There's a difference between maxing out, you know, on the on the shorter side of things, as opposed to getting, you know, if you lose a month, you're going to be fine. I think I think Jordan Walker's not at risk of losing more than a month of playing
1: time. All right. So what's so play it down to what number? What would you say is the lowest you'd you'd recommend a Jordan Walker play?
6: Se- seven and a half, with the anticipation that if he breaks camp with the Cardinals, that number drops to three or four, and if he doesn't break, then you have a month or so to reassess the position.
1: Okay. Uh, you write extensively about all this. For those who want a deeper dive at VSon.com. let's talk MVP, and let's, uh, let's talk American League MVP, and let's specifically talk about, before we get to your, the ones that you did pick and did bet on, who are who are a couple of the guys that get a lot of MVP buzz who you would like to sort of put the yellow blinking light on and say, caution, do not bet this year at this number currently?
6: I'd start obviously with Brian uh, Brian Buxton, is it Byron Buxton. Byron, yeah. One of the things about spring training is you got to get back into, you know, even for me it takes a takes a minute to get all <laughs> the players' names, yeah. like, everything back. Uh, but yeah, Buxton. I I think we saw last year he kind of gets all the helium because he's healthy when the season starts, and then he ends up playing ninety two games or hundred games, and like we know the talent's there. He's just not gonna win, you know. He's just not gonna play enough games to win. So you could throw him out. I think you could throw, you know, Carlos Correa out. Jeremy Peña. I see Jeremy Peña's between 40 to one and 60 to one. I think that's basically worth zero. Um, he's like the third or fourth best player on his team. Then there's Wander Franco. I love Wander Franco. Hard to see him. You know, reaching the, the numbers necessary, especially the power numbers to, to compete. So, a lot of these guys who are like 30 to 1, 40 to 1, should really be 100 to 1 plus before they even get my attention.
1: Corey Seager, our boy, even that, you wouldn't bet 30 to 1 either on him, right?
6: I'd rather bet him to hit the most home runs at 50 to 1 or 100 to 1. I like you that. Know, yeah. 30 to 1, think, think about all the things that have to happen yeah. for him to win MVP. I
1: agree. I agree. So, uh, before yeah. before we get to the two bets you did make, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask about Shohei. Shohei. Now we live in a world where Shohei is like plus two hundred pre flop. I mean, the days of getting him at those juicy numbers are long gone. You can't bet him at two to one, can you?
6: No, you know I love him more than most people. <laughs> so, you know, listen to me when I say there's no value on two two to one, two and a half to one. You know, we're not talking about who we think is going to win this market. We're talking about who we're going to bet on, who has the best odds. And you're never going to hear me say you need to bet Otani at two to one odds pre-flop, especially after what we saw last season with with Aaron Judge. I'm not going to, you know, not going to make that investment.
1: Okay, you did make two bets in the AL MVP market. One I could have guessed. One I would not have necessarily. The one I could have guessed because I know how much you love him as well is Jordan. What you get, Jordan Alvarez. Yeah.
6: Yeah, I got him at sixteen to one. I like I like Jordan. You know, I think he was he was on track to contend last season before he had some uh some hand injuries down the stretch and that's one of the things with him. It's always gonna be an injury concern. But so is Aaron Judge. I mean Aaron Judge didn't have a, a record of consistently, you know, not missing time the last couple of years. Uh so so you know, same thing with like Mike Trout. I'm I'm happy to get Jordan Alvarez at practically double the number as Trout and, uh, you know, uh, Aaron Judge. And, and, you know, he's he's, uh, he's Jordan Alvarez. You know he's my favorite player. He's When he's healthy, he's probably the best power hitter in, in baseball. You know, even better than Aaron Judge. And a big price. So I'm yeah. happy with it.
1: I, anything at double digits seems good to me on him. And it's really true. Like, he just – if we can say this about a guy like Jordan Alvarez, he does seem to float under the radar to some degree, right? In a world where Shohei and Aaron Judge get all the sort of, I, to use your word, the, suck the helium out of the air. By the way, Mike Trout, another one, who's a third in the market for MVP at plus 650. So you bet Jordan, you got him at 16 to 1. And the other one I thought you made a great point about too because we might have forgotten in some weird way about this guy. Who's that? Vlad Guerrero Jr. at
6: uh, 15 to 1. I think, uh, you know, if you if you just think back to 2021 and how it was Vlad versus Otani, and you know some people were saying, well, what about uh, how good Vlad's play? And this and that. he got like what, like one one vote, or I don't even think he got one uh, one first place vote that year. All of a sudden, last year he takes a tiny step back, and it's like, what have you done for me lately? He's he's still Vlad Junior. I mean, it's spring training. I've seen him hit some powerful home runs. He's he's a guy he could easily. You know, there's much more realistic scenarios where the Blue Jays win the AL East, you know, behind Vlad and their their really strong lineup than, you know, you mentioned Corey Seeger. It's like a lot less things have to happen for Vlad to be in the MVP race, I think.
1: Than, than a guy like Seager or, or that ilk, I agree, for sure. Yes. Um, Jason, you could be writing a lot about baseball over the next uh, few weeks, I guess, at com. Is that a fair assessment?
6: Yeah, it'll be, you know, season gets closer there's more to talk about It's we're still so you know it's march 1st but it'll yeah, it'll man. be opening day pretty quick opening
1: day pretty quick uh, and let's keep an eye on that uh, total stuff well once the season starts because i think we might have an opportunity there let's have you back soon let's talk about more of these markets appreciate it jason talk to you soon always fun always fun jason weingarten Vison's own at spreadopedia for all of his uh, pithy comments over there a fun follow let's just put it that way Unscripted with the Crackman. Well, three quarters will be unscripted today. He doesn't want to talk about one thing. Uh, a gentleman who passed away is the greatest coin flipper of them all. He'll explain. Crackman next. Bill Krakenberger, Numbers Game, VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: It's Freddie Prince, Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff.